You are listening to the 3CR podcast of Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia is broadcast live every Sunday from 2 p.m. For more information, head to 3cr.org.au. Good afternoon, welcome to the program for this Sunday afternoon, the 9th of February, and a little bit muggy outside. Maybe it's just I just generally feel sweaty, but yeah, it's pretty sweaty weather at the moment. Uh, thank you very much to Freedom of Species, who will be back from 1pm. If you missed something from the show and you want to hear more, head to the website, uh, 3cr.org.au. Follow the links to the program pages, and there you can find Freedom of Species uh, program page. Uh, link to their Facebook, link to their website. You can subscribe to their podcast, and you can do that for any show that is on 3CR. Uh, it's 3cr.org.au. My name is Nick, and In Psychedelia is a show about um, the many intersectional topics around drugs, drug policy, uh, the culture that surrounds these things, and um, how it all fits together. Uh, across from me is Ash. Ash, how are you going? Fantastic. Thanks, Nick. And we are actually just trialling a little bit of uh, live streaming on Facebook uh, this afternoon. So you can, if you want to put like comments or questions in there, uh, we'll be on the lookout for them. So uh, you can do that. Uh, Also on our Facebook, you can find many of the articles that we talk about uh, and links to events and all sorts of other things. Uh, Also been updating the website, npsychedelia.org. So uh, there's a lot of uh, information on there and we're going to be putting more uh, helpful resources. If you're somebody that wants to see change, if you're uh, an activist for drug law reform, then we want to arm you with the information that we have uh, so that we can all uh, have that work from that same information. It's very helpful. Uh, let's, um, let's get stuck into some news. Uh well, I thought you, you, I was going to start start with you. I <laughs> know oh, I've got plenty, plenty, oh, you've got, yeah, plenty, yeah. plenty to talk about. I, okay. could, I could do news for a whole show today. All so, right. um, one that I want to talk about is um, drug decriminalisation in Queensland. Uh, the Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has ruled out decriminalising drugs, despite a new report that was commissioned um, by. Uh, I forget who it was commissioned by, but it was produced by the um, Queensland Productivity Commission. And the intention of the report was to try and look at um, the challenges with the state's overcrowded prison system. And um, one of the things that it found was that decriminalisation of uh, personal possession and use of drugs would improve the lives of people who had uh, problems with addiction without increasing the rate of drug use and it would actually uh, help the prison population. Um, uh, The estimate was that the prison population would be between 20 to 30% lower by 2025 if they took just this measure. Uh, And that would save between $165 million and $270 million in annual prison costs and avoid 2.1 billion in prison investments. Uh, mm. You know, that's just like it's frustrating. I think sometimes because we've known this sort of stuff for a while. It's reiterating what we already know. It's great to have a comprehensive report on it. Um, I think one of the things that was really disturbing in this report was that it found that a main driver of overcrowding was illicit drug offences, making up 32 percent of mm. the growth since 20. 2012 and uh, that's about the same time that uh, I think I started getting really involved in um, activism in this space I think that was the year that Australia 21 released a comprehensive report basically saying the same thing 
Um, and it, Queensland, just one more. Queensland, uh, so possession and use offences were the most common drug offences and contributed 22% of the people imprisoned for drug offences in 2018. So why we're locking up people for holding a you know, bag of drugs is um, absolutely bizarre. Um, and, that's, and that's it. Uh, breaking down these figures, and this is something that I want to put on the website because uh, there's a fantastic resource, at least for Victorian figures, um, I think it's the Australian, uh, the Crime Commission. I can't remember. I'll, I'll find the website and uh, get the stats up there to, to actually pull apart those figures and find out how many people are there for quite minor drug crimes as well, like small amounts of substances. Because I think there's a bit of a perception problem sometimes where people are assuming that this is uh, well, we're getting rid of all the bad yeah, drug and I, dealers. And... I think it's also it's something that I was surprised when I started getting in, involved in activism in the space. Um, because we, we don't lock up heaps and heaps of people for just small-scale uh, use and possession charges in Victoria. It does happen. But, you know, I remember one of the pages I was um, an admin on, somebody told me that they spent three months in jail for, like, a really small amount of cannabis. I was like, that's astounding. So Queensland locks up twice as many people for drug use and possession as the rest of Australia combined. Yeah. Oh, Queensland. <laughs> well, I mean, and I'm also thinking of uh, stories like uh, Daniel Withams uh, and his story that was in New South Wales, but um, uh, getting locked up for a, a bag of mushrooms. And um, I, I suspect that there's more stories out there and we've just got to go out there and uh, and find them and collect them. And if you if you are somebody with a story, um, do get in, in contact with us. We, we would like to hear it uh, either on our so- social media or via the website in psychedelia.org. Uh, we've got time for a couple more. Okay. Um... I think let's talk about um, let's talk about New South Wales now. We've yeah, talked about the awfulness of Queensland. Let's Wales. talk about the awfulness of New South Wales. Yeah. So, in New South Wales, there's a police oversight body called the Law Enforcement Conduct Commission. Um, they kind of act as an independent uh, integrity body for for police, and they have been conducting an inquiry into strip searches after receiving several complaints. They decided to look into it and. Um, some of the uh, testimony that you may be familiar with um, from the media, such as the um, uh, allegation raised by a young woman that police threatened yeah. to make her strip search quote nice and slow if yeah. she didn't um, if she didn't sort of fess up to where the drugs were, which she didn't have any drugs. Yeah, it's a um, trap question. That, that was, I believe, that was actually from the Law Enforcement Conduct Commission, yep, as opposed to the right. um, as opposed to some of the other inquiries going on. Now, very strangely, two days before Christmas, the um, Special Minister of State, Don Harwin, quietly announced the departure of the Chief Commissioner, Michael <laughs> Adams QC. Um, so he yeah. was very grateful for his service and all that kind of all that kind of nonsense. Um, that that commission, bad. so that inquiry into sniffer dogs was not over, and they were going to be conducting more hearings in February, um, including one case uh, from the Guardian. This is quoted uh, that uh, a 15 year old boy said he shook with nerves after a police officer told him to quote hold your dick and lift your balls and show me your gooch during yeah. a search at an under-18s music festival in February last year. Now, the, the, the significance... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. This, is, this is what the police what allegedly said exactly. to the, to the uh, young man. Um, 
So the, the significance of the February hearings was that they were going to focus on the psychological issues raised by the strip searching of young persons. Now, um, if you're f- familiar with the show and familiar with the issue, then you would be familiar with the research of Dr. Peter Malins from RMIT. And her research specifically focused on this, the way that it was such a significantly traumatizing event. Um, any value that might be gained from a strip search needs to be weighed against that. Now, with mm. the departure of the uh, head of the uh, Law Enforcement Conduct Commission, they have decided to truncate that inquiry and um, <laughs> reduce the uh, schedule of hearings to produce a report more quickly. Um, now, this has led to you know, the kind of things that happen in politics where there's allegations of political interference, um, particularly with that inquiry because it's quite embarrassing for the government. They don't want to change their policy on sniffer dogs. Um, so I guess we'll keep our eye on this. I know that David Shoebridge from the Greens, who's uh, behind Sniff Off and um, is very focused on these issues, will certainly not be letting it go. Um, so I think we'll just have to wait and see what the outcome is. But it's quite chilling, the, the possibility that a significant inquiry looking into a controversial aspect of government policy and police activity may be interfered with in a way that um, limits its ability to do its work of police oversight. There's a part of me that's not shocked anymore when I hear these things. I'm not, I'm I'm not at all shocked. Got to <laughs> remain shocked somewhere. This is in Psychedelia on 3CR, uh, 855 AM, 3CR Digital and 3cr.org.au. Um, one more, just a little bit of international news. The New York Times a few days ago reported on, um, well, the... Uh, the Philippines. Now, for several years now, there's been an incredibly violent drug war happening in the Philippines. Uh, sort of, you know, the, the talking line is that um, it's a, um, you know, they've got to go hard on drugs and, yeah. and methamphetamine in particular, which I believe is called Shabu in, um, yep. in the Philippines. Uh, one of the senior um, uh, figures who was part of, like, administering that drug war he actually oversaw the bloodiest day in the the blood-soaked war on drugs where 32 people were killed in 24 hours in a province north of Manila where he was the police chief. Um, Now the head of drug enforcement for the Philippine National Police said that the ultra-violent approach to curbing illicit drugs had not been effective. Shock and awe definitely did not work, he told Reuters in an interview speaking out for the first time. Drug supply is still rampant. So surprise, surprise, um, brutality isn't an effective measure to um, manage issues with We know drug this use. from, like, I don't know, the Middle Ages. We, we, we figured this stuff out, <laughs> but still we do it on, uh, on, on drug users. Uh, in Psychedelia, we're also live on our Facebook page. Hello to uh, everybody watching uh, on Facebook. Um, just trialling something because we are going to have some special guests coming up this year and we want to uh, see if we can uh, broaden out where we're um, broadcasting from. Uh, it's in Psychedelia right now. Um, Hados with Bad Apples from the Hong Kong Knuckle Shuffle EP. Available at Hopscotch Records on Bandcamp 3CR.
Trados, Bad Apples uh, from the Hong Kong Knuckle Shuffle EP available at Hopscotch Records on Bandcamp. It's in Psychedelia on 3CR, 855am3cr.org and uh, uh, 3CR Digital and also on Facebook Live right now. Um, also, if you're interested in the psychedelic renaissance, uh, make sure you stay in touch with the local Australian conversation. Uh, check out Entheogenesis Australis' YouTube channel with full talks available from the previous uh, psychedelic symposia forums and other events that they've held around Melbourne and regional Victoria. Uh, the YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash entheotv. Uh, got some audio now from uh, Drug Reporter, Drug Reporter out of um, hung- Hungary, I think. Is that, is that right, Ash? Hungry? Hungry, yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But does uh, reporting across the EU uh, of very high quality, so check them out. Uh, Drug Reporter, they're on Facebook uh, and their website. Just Google Drug Reporter and you'll find them. Uh, this is uh, from the 2019 International Harm Reduction Conference and it's a bit of a, uh, a take on, on uh, what went on there in psychedelia. We were really excited to bring the Harm Reduction International Conference to Portugal uh, because the whole world still looks to the reforms that Portugal made 20 years ago. We're almost at the anniversary of when the law passed in 1999. So this is one of the largest international gatherings of harm reductionists ever. We have slightly more than 1,200 people with us um, from, my last count was 87 countries around the world. Portugal in the late 80s and 90s was experiencing skyrocketing rates of hepatitis C and HIV. 20 years later, after decriminalisation, it has one of the lowest rates of blood-borne viruses and of drug-related deaths in Europe. I do appreciate uh, having all these marvellous people here. Uh, we, as APDES uh, co-hosters, we are very happy to have this opportunity, but we still need to push further for what's missing. After some time in which we have discussed um, assisted consumption, we will be supporting the, together with the Ministry of Health and the ONGs in the city uh, a mobile unit that will assist consumption. This is a major event for us. I think it's fantastic in Portugal that CASO, the, the network of um, people who use drugs in Portugal, uh, consulted with in the formation of law and policy that relates to their community and they continue to be consulted. I think it's very exciting that they've been awarded uh, quite rightly um, during the conference. We have this kind of paradox, you know, since the beginning you are okay to buy till certain amount but uh, where do you buy things, you know, that they don't uh, fall from the sky and you have to go to places where the environment may be violent uh, and uh, you don't know what you're using. Here at the conference we also have drug checking um, so people can bring their substances and we're gonna do like colorimetric tests and TLC tests in order to look for adulterants. On the 31st of August, uh, Overall Awareness Day, we also open uh, heroin smoking rooms in Oslo and Bergen. We are now forming the heroin clinics that will open in our two largest cities. And in the end of the year, we will start discussing how the decriminalization 
policy will look like. Harm reduction now is, is the law in France and also consumption room, so we hopefully will open a consumption room in Marseille later this year or maybe early next year. La Sala is uh, the first program to women who inject drugs was, uh, to offer a safe space for the woman. Women who inject drugs in Mexico face a lot of uh, based gender violence, sexual assaults, so they need these, these safe spaces. Over 10,300 Canadians died of opioid-related deaths between 2016 and 2018. And within the 15 years of Insight, the first of these consumption sites being available to the drug-using community, there has never been an overdose-related death. Not there and not at the peer-led overdose prevention sites either. We worked with Vancouver's drug-using community to start our tablet and injectable opiate agonist therapy programs, or IOT. To this date, there have been no overdoses inside of our program. It's an interesting moment because everybody kind of talks about Canadian drug policy very positively, but yet when we're in the middle of it right now, it doesn't feel very positive. And so right now is a bit of a difficult moment. We're pushing very, very hard to try to keep all the services we've established open, um, and we're trying very, very hard to still keep on expanding because we need a full response to the overdose crisis because it's been very, very hard. Over the past four years, we've actually seen quite a surprising stagnation in harm reduction services. In the six years prior to that, we saw a steady increase, um, and, and that's quite alarming. Programs are closing, and uh, withdrawing of funds of donors is a big threat for, for harm reduction in our region. Without uh, decriminalization, all our investment in HIV response doesn't work. Two awards were given to uh, organizations and individuals from our region. How does it make you feel? Uh, it's better to not to have awards but have good drug policy and people out of prisons. Uh, but uh, that, that's a um, very big honor to recognize the role which uh, Andrei Wilkov Foundation plays in, in developing and sustaining, maintaining harm reduction services in Moscow and in, in Russian Federation. From heart to heart, we need your support. Thank you. Obrigada. And for us as an association, we are, we are um, very worried about the, the life of Andrei Yaravoy from Ukraine. In August last year, when Andrei was crossing a checkpoint in Krasnodon Rayon, he was detained and his 10-day stock of medically prescribed buprenorphine hydrochloride was confiscated. Andrei was subsequently charged with large-scale drug trafficking and earlier this year, sentenced to long-term imprisonment. I'm from Afghanistan, and we are the number one producer and number one user of uh, drugs. And then the challenge is that it's only HIV-based framework of harm reduction in Afghanistan. Civil society are not functioning as they're supposed to, and then they're faking data, they're not meeting people. Um, for example, in country coordination meeting of Global Fund, representation of uh, community is a doctor who has not even used drugs. How do you feel at this conference? Uh, is there any message you will take home? The, the key message, pe people before politics, that, that's a quite strong message uh, for me to bring to Indonesia. And we take one of our parliament members to attend this uh, harm reduction conference. And we have 
made an appointment and agreement to to raise these people before politic voice to to Indonesian Parliament. And I really like the the theme this year because what we are experiencing is the, in the Philippines is the reversal of that theme. The Philippines or the Philippine situation is what happens when you put politics before people. This conference gives us the uh, space to breathe because we are very few in the Philippines and uh, we need all the international support that we can get from this conference. Often people who come from the Global South feel that the Global South is always learning from the Global North. I think we also have teachings to give as well. In South Africa, in our opiate substitution therapy program, we have a higher retention rates than the global norm by far. It's my first time in such a big conference and it's really opened my eyes and given me tingles to see that people are concerned about people who use drugs. Every time the harm reduction community comes together, it's quite special because you know, it's, it's, it's our shared belief in, in putting people before politics and social justice and health services. It's always good to come to those conferences because we are a family and I meet a lot of brothers and sisters and they're happy. And you've been hearing uh, audio from the drug reporter part of the Rights Reporter Foundation in Porto at the, uh, and they were at the 2019 International Harm Reduction Conference uh, between 28th of April and 1st of May uh, 2019. This is in Psychedelia. Don't have a million dollars and still want to have a good education for your kid? Tune into the Dogs Program. We are the defenders of government schools. 12pm on Saturdays here on 3CR. 855 and AM Dial podcast streaming live on 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. We defend government schools because they need it. From every corner of the land, womankind Women on the Line, a current affairs program devoted to women's voices, covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs. Erosion of human rights leads directly and inevitably to erosion of human security. We do not accept the denial of our rights because the right to have a say over our country is our life. Women on the Line. Tune in on Mondays at 8.30am and Wednesdays at 6am on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. And streaming live at 3cr.org.au. This is in Psychedelia. Yeah, this is in Psychedelia. (laughs) 3CR, I had to think about that for a moment. Uh, I've got some music for you. This one uh, is from Jeff Lang, who will be performing at the uh, Port Ferry Festival uh, down at Port Ferry in uh, uh, Western Victoria uh, from 6 till the 9th of March. lying on a barroom floor Drank so much he couldn't drink no more So he fell asleep with a troubled brain To dream that he rode on the down rang with a thousand groans The boiler was filled with 
lager beer The devil himself was the engineer The passengers were mostly a motley crew Some were foreigners, others he knew Rich men in broadcloth, beggars in rags Had some young ladies and wicked old Downbound train, train from Jeff Lang, who is uh, playing at the Port Fairy Folk Festival in its 44th instalment this year from the 6th till the 9th of March 2020, and Psychedelia on 3CR, sitting across from me, Ash, and um, we've got an interview that you conducted uh, a little bit earlier this year, I think it was? Uh, I think it was just before we went on break, so uh, last year, just before Christmas. But still uh, absolutely relevant, so... What have you got for us? Uh, so this is an interview with uh, Michael Aguilera, one of the conveners of Labor for Drug Law Reform, um, which, I mean, we'll say all of this again in a moment. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Well. <laughs> they're, they're a group within the Labor Party that have um, sort of established themselves as a committed uh, group within the party membership to um, sort of keep encouraging the Andrews Labor government to, to keep moving forward with other progressive drug policies. Uh, if you are still watching along on Facebook, hello to our two uh, viewers or one viewer there on Facebook. Uh, we're going to switch off the uh, live stream after that. It looks like it's uh, been a good test. Love some comments, though, if you can put them on there. Um, and if you are interested, you'll be able to uh, view that later on Facebook as well. Um, and you can listen to the show, 855am or at the website, 3cr.org.au. On 
on the show this afternoon, we've got Michael Aguilera. That's it. He's um, the co-convener of Labor for Drug Law Reform, a new group that's uh, set up within the state Labor Party to um, try and advocate for, uh, I guess, what you would call progressive drug policy. Would that be correct? Yeah. Maybe you can give us a rundown of, of why this came about mm. and what the what the aims of Labor for Drug Law Reform are. So... Um, Kind of in a lot of ways, it came out of the uh, the parliamentary inquiry that came out in 2018. Um, I went on for a, a year or so before that. Um, yeah, like it came out with a bunch of um, uh, not overly radical recommendations, but um, recommendations that were based off uh, senators and members on the committee of the inquiry um, going over to Europe, um, to countries like um, Switzerland and Portugal, as well as... Um, Spending some time in uh, Canada, that is known for its um, kind of cutting edge Netherlands uh, uh, syringe programs, and like the way that they have approached um, uh, kind of health uh, policy, alcohol drug uh, 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 policy, um, and that the, yeah, they released a report in late 2018, came up with a bunch of recommendations, which um, yeah were put towards the. Um, Victorian uh, Labour Party, uh, the recently elected uh, uh, Daniel Andrews government. Um, the, so yes, just just sorry. for a bit of background for yeah, the, the listeners, this was the inquiry that was initiated by Fiona Patton from the Reason Party mm-hmm. and that document that, that was produced, the report, in these committees there's a cross-party coalition. So mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. what was passed with the uh, approval of uh, at least one Liberal Party member. So it was, yeah. I, I would describe it as a, um, it, it had some pretty awesome recommendations, but it was also possibly what was in the realm of politically possible with, yes. a, with a coalition of different members of different parties um, presenting the, the report. So, you know, I think because of that, it was really a... Uh, you know, a representation of what might be politically feasible within Victoria. Now, the other thing for context is that this came out, the, the final report was released um, in an election year mm-hmm. and the government had to respond and that response came out right in campaign period. So mm-hmm. the, the response from the government was maybe different to what it might have been in a different part of the parliamentary term would that be fair yeah yeah you're not wrong on that um it the response uh, uh we felt um came um from the perspective of as you were saying what was uh politically possible um we felt it was a, a service delivery model of um of uh it was made up of rehab beds that was made up of um uh that uh that sort of backs the commitment um, into the Melbourne safe injecting room that um, was kind of the flagship of Labor's and um, um, obviously Fiona Patton's um, a push through that, but of the uh, government's um, uh, uh, kind of harm reduction program, um, as well as uh, conversations around uh, naloxone training, alcohol, drug pathways, uh, safe script, crisis zones it was very yeah as i said um very a kind of a service delivery based and 
what we felt as uh, progressive Labor members that in one way or another worked in the industry or were from affected communities or um, had uh, generally done... um, uh, had generally looked at the kind of policy that was operating in other spaces. We felt that the response um, from the government... um, Yeah, um, it didn't go... Far enough to address the um, kind of framing of the inquiry and of the report within staunchly harm reduction is best practice, and that that should be at the heart of alcohol and drug policy in Side Victoria. Um, so, yeah, kind of as a response to that, we, uh, um, I mean, a handful of members, we set up a group, um, started running committee meetings, and then. Um, in the last couple of weeks, we have kind of launched our policy platform um, to Labor members, and then uh, just over this weekend, um, when recording, um, we have gone to the Victorian uh, State Labor Conference, uh, which is an annual conference that um, in which uh, members, delegates, and unions um, they argue and establish um, and vote for uh, what is the official position of the Victorian Labor Party. Um, um, as Labor for Drug Law Reform attended the conference this weekend and um, uh, the conference endorsed and passed a motion that we wrote up, which, um, as I said earlier, kind of uh, commits to harm reduction as best practice in terms of alcohol, tobacco and other drugs. Um, uh, and and uh, framing this conversation in what, obviously what Daniel Andrews has already done, um, uh, which has to be applauded in comparison to other states in the country which have taken a more criminal and hardline approach. But... Um, that yeah, that really yeah. Um, but uh, that uh, I've lost my train of thought. So would it be fair to say that motion was a way to um, kind of like applaud and acknowledge the good measures yes. that the Andrews government has brought in, mm-hmm. but also call on them to not let that slide and to maybe yes. go a bit further with that? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Um, and the motion itself. Um, made reference to the Melbourne Safe Injecting Centre um, because the uh, trial is going to wrap up in in July 29th or June 29th this year um, and then there'll be a report that comes out at the end of the year um, uh, in which, yeah, the government will make up his mind, of, uh, will make up their mind of uh, whether they want to c- c- continue their program and the you know, facility in the current location or whether, whether they want to shift it somewhere else. Um, or potentially build another one. Or potentially build another one, right. Um, and, yeah, and that was one of the real um, real kind of quantifiable things that we did in the motion, um, uh, as well as um, establishing an advisory as well as a ministerial council on alcohol, alcohol tobacco and other drugs for the relevant ministers and stakeholders. At peer so this, this was one of the recommendations was, yes. of that report. I think it might have been yes. recommendation three and four or three something. And four, yeah. yeah. And, and so that would provide a permanent platform for some of the people that were very involved with that inquiry. So some of the experts yes, and the exactly. peers and the, the people who use drugs themselves mm-hmm. um, to essentially establish a permanent 
advisory body, one from the community mm -hmm. and another one built from the relevant ministers kind of collaborating yes. with that. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. And um, so that's a key part of the Labor for Drug Law Reform platform. Yeah, and we think that um, that is an easy first step. These um, committees um, internally aren't that expensive to set up, but it... And then it provides a platform for both ministers to, um, yeah, like uh, address um, uh, what um, the experts are saying around this area and uh, really take an active approach in uh, uh, addressing this health issue um, as well as like strongly grounding that in the experience of workers in the space of uh, uh, peer networks of users of members of um, uh, families that have lost somebody um, and yeah like um, I think all I think all around the world you can see the best practice comes from the experience of those that are actually affected by it rather than um, those that are working in little offices and they're um, doing from a bureaucratic lens. So yeah, that's yeah, that's really our uh, our first step, and that was something this afternoon that the conference endorsed as, as passing our policy. Oh, in terms of that advisory council, yes, yes. really. So that's amazing. Congratulations. It's impossible to uh, so uh, uh, it's important to note at this point that um, vi uh, what Victorian Labor uh, says as a party as not what the uh, as not what the conference is not what the government uh, a government's position is, um, and they're not bound to yeah. obviously what the party necessarily says on anything, but. Um, yeah, um, but this is one of the ways that change happens in all parties, exactly, right? Exactly. They yes. have their they have their conference. This is the behind the scenes of politics that a lot of people don't even necessarily know about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, these because I know it was a similar thing with the Greens. Mm. Um, the I think it was the 2016 election. Richard Di Natale was talking about a lot of drug policy stuff, mm -hmm. but there was only so far that he could go because it hadn't been endorsed at their national conference. Yes, and then when it was, that's when they came out with a actually a comprehensive policy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, on the issue. Yeah, um, and um, despite what common con uh, common conceptions maybe and the progressive space or or the left about the Labor Party. Um, I can tell you for a fact that ministers um, uh, care about what their members think and will listen to the party when it talks. Um, yeah, uh, because there is that influence there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and um, so we... So after just having this... After just having this little win, we... Um, yeah, uh, I suppose the conversation then starts on uh, uh, whether we can work uh, with the relevant ministers, Martin Foley, um, Jenny McCarkos, um, uh, are able to uh, establish these bodies internally um, and then working out how Labor for Drug Law Reform and therefore Labor members are able to support and... Uh, yeah, um, uh, I support existing campaigns around MSIC, um, as uh, as well as push for uh, uh, drug testing campaigns, uh, especially over the summer. 
so that's kind of our next steps in terms of yeah uh using our platform to kind of carve out a new narrative around alcohol tobacco and other drugs in victoria because um i don't know i uh we feel that um that making drugs and the management of drugs and users themselves uh talking about them within a criminal space um as an as an argument that that and the left and the labor is never going to win we we um can be uh we can support law and order um without being tough on crime um and uh, if you look at the Herald site even this week, they were reporting uh, 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 on the recently formed Ambulance Union um, and they came out with a statement about uh, pill testing. Um, and, yeah, the front page of the Herald Sun was like, radical pill testing trial. Um, and you're like, okay, sure. Like, um, as long as we talk about it in a criminal space, the Labor Party is never going to win. The uh, So, and... Uh, and other progressive parties aren't going to win. So it's about um, kind of really offering on a community level as well as through the media um, a an alternative narrative around alcohol, alcohol and drugs that says, yeah, this is a health issue um, and that um, uh, and the best way to approach that is is regulatory, um, is... Um, I know you might disagree with me on this, uh, uh, Ash, but um, but yeah, you can, um, yeah, that yeah, yeah, regulation, a decriminalisation of it. Um, I'm not going to disagree with anybody who talks about decriminalisation ever. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, there's always there's always the um, <laughs> there's always a discussion that's quite reasonable between the what and the how. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think decriminalisation is probably more simple than a lot of other. Uh, drug policy reforms, mm. you know, it, it stopped criminalising people for use and possession. Yeah. It's quite a simple yeah. uh, thing to discuss. So um, mm. two other things that I'm curious about okay. in terms of the Labour for Drug Law Reform platform, mm-hmm. um, there will be an inquiry next year in the Legal and Social Affairs Committee of the Upper House into cannabis legalisation. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of on the radar for Labour for Drug Law Reform? Um, we are currently very supportive of uh, and the movements that um, Daniel Andrews has put forward around um, making cannabis available um, within a uh, within a treatment space. Um, and they've just recently come out with a platform as part of their compassionate access scheme, which allows young um, uh, young uh, children. Are, um, that are dealing with uh, terminal illness and all like the pains um, and the real suffering that's associated with that, um, they can have access to uh, uh, medicinal cannabis. Um, we think programs like this are great. Um, uh, yeah, I, I suppose legalization is the next logical step. Um, there have been conversations in. On in Canberra recently, um, uh, and very promptly shot down by the Liberal Minister. But like, 
uh, is it right that it's it's still going to go ahead at the start of next year? Uh, y- yes. Um, I, I I need to get across more of the okay, details yeah. in a more sophisticated way, but I think that it it may actually be that it ends up getting tested in the courts and then that okay. will determine um, okay, the, yeah. the boundaries because ACT is a territory, not a state, yeah, and yeah, there's, yeah. there's different rules around right, how that yeah. works. So, it, like, it's going ahead. Mm. Um, I, the, the ACT government, I, I think, are committed mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, trialling mm-hmm. this, but it may come down to uh, a, yeah. a legal case, I believe, that, that will sway whether or not this model is um, uh, allowed to be maintained or whether it can be intervened with from the federal government. So that's yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. could end up being the courts that decide that in the end. Yeah, and and uh, this is commonly the way that the ACT is able to operate as, yeah, like uh, as a progressive and like a Labor state. Um, yeah, they're able to float things like marriage equality and... Decriminalization and legalization of cannabis. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I suppose we'll have our eye on that, and we'll uh, if it goes through, then we, um, yeah, like we'll look at the how. Um, uh, yeah, no, but but yeah, like we're looking at um, at uh, uh, New Zealand as well, and the mm-hmm. great work that they're doing. Yeah. In, um, so, but this mm. is also something that if that advisory ministerial advisory mm. council and the other kind of expert advisory uh, panel, mm. they could provide advice to the government on these things as well. So any of these issues that come up yes, could then have a, a representative body, uh, sub, you know. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so what about vaping? The Victorian Labor government are very opposed to vaping at the moment. I know... Your co-convener, um, Gavin Ryan, I actually met him at the uh, International Nicotine Conference last year in um, Warsaw. Mm. I know that this is something that, that he's uh, kind of got his eye on. Is that currently within the Labor for Drug Law Reform platform? Is vaping kind of on your agenda there? It is. Um, uh, um our platform officially says that we uh, support an evaluation of current scheduled substances associated with vaping. Um, uh, and I think we support it uh, as a harm reduction tool um, and as um, and as a tool um, is objectively uh, a bit better than uh, tobacco smoking. Um, uh, I, you know, the government's uh, uh, position, as you said, is that they're staunchly against it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we support it in in theory, but um, would like to. Uh, see the arguments that that the government is making in favour, and and uh, in that they are, um, in that they are concerned about it, um, whether they're economical, whether they're health based. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah, I haven't, I haven't been talked through exactly what the arguments are that they're making, aside from the fact that they. Aren't, aren't willing to support it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, what's your understanding of their concerns about it? 
Oh, uh, that could take uh, okay. uh, half an hour. <laughs> right, I, I, yeah, maybe if we take that one offline. Yeah, because no, no, I've seen fair. the debate. Uh, you know, the government's main concerns are that there's some association with big tobacco. They're sceptical about some of the health mm-hmm. claims and they're concerned uh, about vaping being a gateway onto smoking for young people. Yeah. So that's my understanding of their yeah. primary concerns. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the concerns about um, big tobacco are absolutely valid um, in that, um, uh, in that um, especially in America at the moment, if I, if I can jump over to cannabis as a comparison, um, uh, it is uh, seen as a new industry um, mm-hmm. and has a lot of money in this industry and the more that the... Uh, policy landscape changes um, and uh, regulations change to make it more available than uh, tobacco as an inevitably dying industry um, uh, will uh, seek to take advantage of an up-and-coming other other, uh, um, uh, tool slash substance Um, and um, as part of that, uh, in my opinion at least, is that any kind of like new industry, whether it be vaping or cannabis, um, that should be grounded in uh, communities um, uh, and local industries rather than uh, uh, rather than multinationals and businesses that are able to. Uh, uh, quickly jump in with money and resources and occupy the space entirely. We will have a very nuanced conversation after we start Absolutely, recording yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots to say about that. Okay, yeah, so sure. look, you know, um, what are your hopes for the Andrews government next year in terms of drug policy then? Next year? Um, yeah, like I hope that we... Uh, uh, I hope that they renew um, and... Uh, 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 depending on what the recommendations are around the Melbourne Safe Injecting Centre. Um, yeah, we hope that they renew the facility um, if it is deemed to be successful as the interim... As the interim well, I, I think about with an interim report. No. Um, uh, there, there was a... I'm not sure if it was quite an interim report, but a couple of months ago there was like a, a pretty detailed uh, summary of good. what it had achieved so far. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, uh, simply in terms of the overdoses that have the uh, overdoses that have occurred in the facility that have not been fatal, there hasn't been one person that has died there. Um, uh, and you can count those as lives being saved. And uh, and yeah, for me, that's a yeah, success metric. But as I said, let's um, see what the report says and um, if it is in line with what everybody in the harm reduction space thinks it will be, then, yeah, we hope that they'll continue that. Um, yeah, uh, we hope that as... Um, um, that through the establishment of the advisory and ministerial council, assuming that that goes ahead, um, that, yeah, the Daniel Andrews government is able to uh, really uh, continue to take bold leadership um, in alcohol and tobacco um, and other drug policy. Um, and that includes uh, looking at pill testing, uh, front and back of house, uh, uh, looking at what happens in Canberra around um, 
the the uh, uh, a first decriminalization as well as legalization of cannabis um, and other policy mechanisms that are working in Australia or have worked overseas. Yeah, like we to- yeah we hope that the advisory and the ministerial council can yeah encourage the natural momentum that is behind this um, and that that will be that be led by a Daniel Andrews government. And for any Labor members listening, how do they get involved? Right, so uh, you can um, go to Labor for Drug Law Reform on Facebook. We'll, we have a website, www.laborfordruglawreform.com um, and if you send us an email on laborfordruglawreform at, at gmail... Yeah, we're looking at garnering uh, garnering uh, support on the community level and getting on the streets and, and talking to people on the branch level um, and passing motions, uh, talking to uh, our labour communities um, as well as on the organisational level, um, if you can help us out. So, yeah, yeah uh, uh, get in touch. Um, this is... yeah. Uh, this is one of the moving parts and one of the uh, steps that I think um, will help us get towards a sensible drug policy. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us on the show, Michael. Thank you. Um, One thing that I do say frequently to people in the activist space is join a political party. And I don't care which one. Um, Whichever one best aligns with your values and Michael's given a great example of why that's important. It was... Yeah, I think um, that that was uh, Michael from uh, Michael Aguilera from Labor for Drug Law Reform. And um, I'll just reiterate that message again for anyone listening. Um, if you want to know something that you can do to be helpful um, in the drug policy space, joining a political party and in particular showing up to branch meetings to talk about these kinds of issues. It's, it's a slow pathway, but it, it is a pathway to help get these things across the line couple of uh, of events coming up. This one is for anybody that might be listening online from Fremantle or from Perth, um, but also if you've got friends over there, uh, let them know tomorrow night at 7.30 at uh, Dome Coffees, 26 Riverside Road in East Fremantle is a uh, psychedelic meetup. Uh, they're looking to form a chapter of the Australian Psychedelic Society there. Uh, also, uh, two movies, uh, Mind Medicine Australia, are hosting at Cinema Nova on the uh, 19th uh, of uh, November. Uh, sorry, February. Uh, uh, you can find out about those at their website, uh, Mind Medicine Australia. They're playing both Trip of Compassion and Fantastic Fungi, which has had quite a uh, uh, quite a, um, a run at Cinema Nova, a very popular movie. Uh, this has been in Psychedelia. Are there any uh, other events you've got coming up? Anything you know of, Ash? No, I don't think so. Not no. this coming week. No, nothing else. Uh, nothing else coming up. Um, but we do have a lot on the show next weekend. Uh, next weekend on Sunday at two PM, we will be uh, having a vaping special. Uh, vaping uh, nicotine, obviously, it's a, it's a harm reduction issue. It's a drug policy issue, um, and it's one of the ones that um, has sort of gone a strange direction over the past ten years. For um, it's unclear what the what the reasons are. But we're going to have uh, John Safran in the studio. Uh, he's writing a book at the moment on vaping, um, and also a few people from well, a wide variety of guests. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll have uh, Brian Marlowe from Legalised Vaping Australia. Um, we haven't confirmed yet, but we're hoping to get Colin Mendelson from the Australian Tobacco Harm Reduction Association and uh, some retailers potentially as well. Uh, see you later. Queering Near up next. Enjoy your other.
This is In Psychedelia. Comments, complaints, or contributions are welcome. Jump on the 3CR website. 3cr.org.au and head to the Encyclopedia program page. Get in contact with us on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email. Encyclopedia does not condone or condemn people who use drugs for their choices. Our aim is to present the diverse intersections of psychoactive drugs and society. If you are concerned about your own drug use or a friend's drug use, Direct Line provides a free and confidential counselling service 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Call 1-800-888-236. This has been a 3CR podcast. You can hear Encyclopedia Live every Sunday from 2pm. Head to 3cr.org.au for more.